What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking, brought to you by ArtOfMagic.com. Our guest for this episode is Pipo Villanueva. He's a Spanish magician who recently came out with his project titled Magic for the Short-Sighted. This is a great episode. We talk about the Spanish scene of magic and some of Pipo's influences. We talk specifically a lot about Gabby Pereira's fictional magic theory, which is really incredible. We talk a little bit about his music background and his creative process, and Pipo tells a couple stories about performing at the Magic Castle and generally just performing here in America. If you haven't already, subscribe to our newsletter, sign up uh, so that you can stay up to date on all the new products and things that we release, our blog posts, and uh, of course, new episodes of this podcast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash magicalthinkingpodcast and facebook.com slash a sense of mystery. You should also follow us on all the social medias, instagram.com slash treasuryofwonder, instagram.com slash a sense of mystery, twitter.com slash a sense of mystery, so on and so forth. You just ought to to stay up to date. Also, if you listen through the rest of the podcast, there will be a code that will get you 10% off on some of Peepo's material. This is something I want to start to do in each episode. It may be hidden within the episode. It may be at the end. You'll just have to listen to find out. Anyway, it's a great episode. I was so pleased that Peepo was able to make some time to sit down, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, I do want to mention there's a little bit of background noise throughout the podcast. Uh, It was just busy that day, but it's okay. You should still be able to get everything just fine. I also want to mention English is obviously not Peepo's first language, but there's still really good information and good talk going on. So get into it. Enjoy it. Let me know what you think by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. See you later. We're good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, people. Thanks a lot. My pleasure to be here with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's jump into it. We talked a little bit off mic earlier while I was making your coffee about um, you just performed at the Magic Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time. Is this your first time coming to the States? No, no, no. Uh, I've been here uh, before twice. I was in, in Vegas five years ago at uh, some convention. I was competing there. It was fun. And also, uh, I was something like two years ago, I was in New York in Buffalo with Gabby. Um, I was translating for him and Buffalo. We got together a convention and also we, we lectured at Tannins in New York. It was great, great trip. We get to know in this in this trip uh, Tony Chang and Terry mm-hmm. Spade and, and Ricky Smith. And it was very very fun. <laughs> Those guys are great. Those are some of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> I I've known Tony for I don't know probably four or five years, and I knew him. I I kind of watched him before and after meeting Gabby, because huh? before he was like very slight, technically heavy and and into that sort of thing. And he still is, but that was kind of his focus. And he was kind of getting burned out. And then he met you and Gabby and was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is exactly what I want. And uh, he's done sort of a, a 180. Oh, nice. You know, a U turn. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But uh, yeah, no, I could, okay, yeah, I didn't realize that, um, that, that, was, that you were translating for Gabby when they came over. Yeah, yeah. And Tony really had a, a, a great impact in, in me as well, not only because he's such a funny guy and so, so funny, but I was very impressed with his, with his work. He, 
blew us away and I think he influenced me in the things that I'm coming up with in Card Magic. I used to have for for from years I just stopped coming up with new stuff of Card Magic and 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 his approach really opened uh, doors for me. Like there's nothing too hard not to attempt mm -hmm. this kind of thing and, and this pinky muscle, super muscle, pinky, like superhuman. Yeah. And and I think uh, I'm, I'm coming up with new things now and uh, very influenced by, by, by Tony and, and Xavier, his hard work on, on, on the cards. Yeah, the, the, amount of, the amount of practice and effort that they put into being able to manipulate a deck is amazing. Um, yeah, you handle cards really beautifully. I the reset that you do in your show is like one of the most beautiful versions I've ever seen. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really lovely. So okay, so this was this is your first time performing at the Magic Castle. Yes, mm -hmm. this week was the first time. The first time performing. performing at the Magic Castle. Yes. Um, what is it like performing that many shows? <laughs> it's such an experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because. Uh, I never get to perform that that much to, to prepare all those sets and just be ready in in 50 minutes. But it's not it's, it's been not so hard for me. I mean, I just put, select a, a material that that I like the most and I'm very confident in them and I, I play uh, I, I work in them uh, in those routines very very much and I'm very lucky because there's really no no much setup to most of the, the routines, mm -hmm. so I, I only have to take care of four aces that I get signed and, and I can give away for the spectators, so I just have to replace the, those aces and in and, and a, few, a few minutes I'm, I'm ready to go again. But it's such an experience, I think everyone should do this, like performing, like da 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 da, because you really, I really have changed uh, things of the, of the setup of the routines and the little touches because when you perform once in a day you don't have this problem or you perform three times uh, like but when you perform a lot really you you really need and you come up with different things and I think it's very very helpful and everyone should do it it's, it's wonderful and the venue of course is is amazing but you that's what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so what, I mean, what kind of stuff did you have to change? And you, and you don't have to get into method, but like, what did you learn from the audiences? You know, these American drunkards. <laughs> what did you learn from them while you were doing all these shows? It's, it's for instance, some, some gags I, I prepared and I expected that they, they would work and they didn't. And other things that... There were supposed to be gags in the first place, it turned to be very, very funny and get great reactions, so I just have to put it in every show. And also I, I changed one, one routine, uh, I moved, uh, I started with a version of the Hofinzer Numerical Concordance, but the, the apparently it didn't work very well, so I changed it for this this routine that I have in in, in the DVD, in my for George Eichel, and when it works, <laughs> it gets a big reaction, you know. and and also regarding the setup, um, I have a, a, I do a, a coin routine. Uh, it's very complex uh, with its copper silver brass. <laughs> it is very complex. It's very complex <laughs> from every every point of view. But by by changing really two two small things, 
I get almost uh, reset at the end. And, and as it, it, I only have to move two coins from two pockets, mm -hmm. but I could uh, adapt it and put and end up exactly uh, at the point where I need to, to start with. So when I have when I have to do one so it doesn't matter, but when I have to do six so's, uh, sometimes you miss things because this, so if you end up uh, uh, already set, set up for the next one, it's, it's good and, and I, I came up with this because of what they need. Uh, mm -hmm. and, Things like that. Yeah. Like that. I, I talked to somebody else that uh, worked at the castle, and they said that <clears throat> you're doing so many shows that it all sort of starts to run together. So after the show, when you're like getting set up for the next show, you might like get lost and forget that you've done something or that you haven't done something because yeah. it all just kind of starts to run together. Yeah. Does that, is that, do you find that to be true? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A couple of times after I. Most of the time between shows, I'm checking everything again. Mm. So I prepare it and I check and recheck. And like two or three times, I just go through, through the deck and I found uh, instead of having four aces, I have six aces or seven <laughs> aces or two aces of spades. And I was like, what? So uh, really, it's get uh, fussy and you have to be focused to not to screw up with some some of this setup because there's too many shows to to prepare yeah <laughs> how much how much performing do you do back home in spain uh, i i try to perform as much as possible but i don't perform that much actually i try to do one or two uh, one man shows there in spain the, the, the format in spain is very different because we used to have longer shows like one hour and one hour and a half shows not in, like in the castle which is only 20 minutes so we have great venues there in, in Madrid, so uh, I try to, to at least have one or a couple shows per month in that venues. And, and m more informal uh, performances and on daily basis, uh, I'm always carried to the deck and mm -hmm. perform for, for people around, but uh, I don't perform uh, in, in remotely as close as what I'm performing here in the castle. What's, what's something that you find is different about say the Spanish magic consumer so the lay person in Spain and these lay people that you perform for this week well that's a tough question no, no. Yeah, I think I get to know more the the, the culture to, 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 to give a, 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 better, a better answer to that but, but I don't know there's uh, or, or sense of humor is a little bit different, mm -hmm. and and sometimes uh, 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 they they laugh a lot of of, of thing or see a thing, and sometimes they don't really <laughs> like an old uh, uh, thing, right? Uh, do you have an example of a joke that you do? That oh, I did a joke. I was commenting I, I, in my mind. I, I didn't see it I mean, from my point of view. It was not offensive at all, but they, they didn't react at all. Uh, I was in, in, on Friday yesterday, and on Friday lunch, I'm told that in uh, my castle, of course, you have this dress code policy, and everyone is uh, in a suit, perfectly. And I didn't know that in Friday lunch, people really mo were more relaxed, and they could go and games. Mm -hmm. with. And it was surprising to me, because I just set up my stuff, jumping in the stage, and everyone was just like in jeans and shirt and and I, I just said I didn't get the memo of the change of the dress code policy here in the castle and because 
I, I felt like a little bit stupid also <laughs> because of me and people were like mm, okay you know, let's go on, 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 on. <laughs> so maybe I, I touched uh, some sensibility there or it, it, it was just not funny but for me it was very funny because I, it really surprised me but, but no no things like that maybe totally like that <laughs> okay maybe it was maybe it wasn't as much that it wasn't funny maybe it was like I don't know. They didn't realize no, that you were joking. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a joke. That could be, yeah. So, okay. So how did you how did you get started in magic? Tell us sort of your origin story. Hmm. Um, I started in magic pretty late. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 24, 25. I was finishing my uh, in the university. And magic just crossed, crossed my path. I mean, it was not planned. I used to be a lot into music in my teens and in high school and university and I got frustrated in the point and things uh, didn't work so well. I had this project with the band uh, with my friends and I was very much into it and I, my, my couple, my, my one of my uh, closest friends played the drums. He just get out in, in an Erasmus scholarship so he, he went out to study in Paris and from one day to another all the projects that I've been working on so far, so so hard for years, just just fell apart. Fell apart. And I was like, and I didn't feel like playing anymore. And and six months later, I just uh, uh, encountered a, a, a friend in a, a party. He also had a band. He's uh, from a hometown, and he asked me to join them, and I did, and I played. But the thing is, they played poker they had, uh, once a week. And I started playing poker, mm-hmm. and just in the deck uh, caught my attention. So I took it home and play around and do my, my own stuff. And one of the guys at the poker game used to be a, a magician. He, he lent me a, a few books, and it was just the beginning. And then I was just helplessly lost. I had more books, more books, and, <laughs> and uh, well, not very, very close to my place, like one kilometer. There was a, a magic club uh-huh. that I never realized it existed. So I just went there and, and more stuff coming. And, and, and in a really few time, I was really mm-hmm. infected with this uh, magic thing. And of course, it's, Madrid is a perfect place for, for magic because there's a lot of great guys and shows to see and people to meet. So just in, very, in, in a few months, I was totally into it. Wow, that's really cool. What, how how did your music background influence the way that you approach your magic? Mm, that's interesting. I think I've, I've learned, uh, I would like to do music uh, again because I think I've learned a lot because of magic, of how to come up with a show and, and, and the structure and caring about the spectators. I used to play in the band and I didn't care about the guys listening. And I think, uh, and now I know much more of that. In reverse, the question that you're asking me, uh, I think it helped me from the methodology point of view. I mean, I, I could be able to advance pretty quickly because my hands were already prepared in a way and have this the dexterity and the independence of my fingers and my left hand because in, when you play guitar that your left hand is the one the hand, hand to do most of the work just as you imagine mm-hmm. even if you're right-handed your right hand practically palm and you feel things but your hard work is on the left hand 
So I think it helped me in, because of my hands. And uh, as I said, uh, if I could do music again, the influence would be the reverse. There would be the, 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 the magic into music because I think I put, um, I can um, get further with magic than with music. Okay, I well, I talked to Rob Zabrecki. He was um, the, yeah the front man for Possum Dixon. He's he's incredible. He's the, amazing. Um, but he you know he was a, a punk rocker. He he used to do shows and gigs and and he mentioned that um, people had pointed out to him that he has a very slow tempo and that he you know changes it and he crescendos and decrescendos and he just sort of moves around in this musical space that he creates with his character and in his show and i think that's so fascinating these different you know types of art how they influence each other and so i think it's really fascinating that you want to go back to music mm-hmm. with what you've learned in magic and sort of apply it the other way yeah, yeah i think it, it would be very very different very different. I'll, I'll, I'll do i would do things very differently than i, than I did but for, uh, for now, I think it's magic for me. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to go back to music, what would you, you know, you, you said something about the not caring about what the spectators thought. So now yeah. there's people in the audience, how are you going to connect with them? Exactly. I, mean, I will structure the, the show, the, the, the concert just as a, as a magic show, like, with an opener to call attention, to some structure with a closer, and maybe create a little different atmospheres and just not just like playing your songs, like I play them and and the talking between between songs mm-hmm. you know, to 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 have something to to say and to have some kind of a script and your gags and your just mm-hmm. uh, yeah, participation of the it keeps the people engaged. Yeah, exactly things like that that I really didn't care about. But uh, yeah, I was only care about the playing and 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 coming up with songs and things like that, but. I miss most of most of it. The magic helped me to realize how how wrong I was. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I mean, I was not so experienced in, in music. I mean, uh, Rob Fabricki was a professional musician. He did hundreds or thousands of gigs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can, we, we can compare. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, who were some of your biggest influences? Because I mean, the Spanish magic scene and the the incredible performers and thinkers that have come out of there: Ascanio, Tamriz, uh, Pep Carroll. You know, everybody. Gabby, um, yourself. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> myself. With uh, a lot of people, and I think it's in every one of them. Uh, I have influence of it's in every one of them because in Spain, everyone. Is influenced by everyone. So, for instance, I always say Tamariz is a great influence in Spain and in the world. But I really didn't get to be close to Tamariz because he he was very active with uh, with magicians a few years ago. But when I started in magic, he was kind of doing different stuff and, and focusing on other things. But I learned a lot from of Juan Tamariz's work and philosophy and and, and way to do things. Because other magicians, as Gabi himself mm-hmm. or Alberto de Figueiredo or Woody Aragon, mm-hmm. they were really, really close, and they have all this background and, and experience with with him. And he told me about his things. He told me about the 
the things that they, they have seen him perform, like mythical things that I will never get to see, and it's so so sad. And also, Gabi, of course, was a, such an amazing influence for me. The first one was Miguel Ángel Gea, this, this, this amazing uh, magician, especially with coins, but with, with everything. And he was very generous, and he, he really always carried this spiral of activity around him, and there's always young people around him, and people creating things, and he, well, as you can tell when Gabi, when, when Gea is in the town, there's this activity there, and, and he was so great, and I do magic and coin magic because of him, of course, and I learned a lot. Then uh, it came Gabi, I get to see a couple of his workshops, the unique workshops that he just did once, mm-hmm. one in Alicante, in the south of Spain, another one in Madrid, and it was, they were so mind-blowing and really, I, I used to uh, laugh a lot while seeing this, because it was so true what he was saying, and it was so that my react, natural reaction was laughing like, she's all right, <laughs> and I don't know shit. That's and and we I get to to friend him because we spend uh, some time together. Uh, and it was of course such a great influence. He's well, I think one of the most relevant figures in, in magic and. Right now, yeah. For I mean, for maybe the listeners that aren't familiar with Gabby's work, because it's not easily accessible no, for no, English-speaking it's just, people. It's still very underground. Yeah. Could you? Would you mind telling people a little bit about who Gabby is and why he's? Gabby is a, a magician from from Barcelona. He teaches at his own school. He used to perform a lot a few time, a few years ago, but now he's focusing his magic school, and he performs and lectures very very. Uh, Seldom. It is not so common to see him do any of those things. And he uh, just, um, I think, is one of the people most read that I know. He has like, I don't know, in his place, in his school, has like 3,000 or 4,000 books. Oh my gosh. The selection of the good things is mm-hmm. this one, right? And, and he's uh, absorbed knowledge from different disciplines, uh, magic, of course, but also. Uh, uh, Painting and uh, scripting, comedy, uh, aesthetics, and many other things, and such a you could talk about him uh, pretty much everything, and and it's so 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 amazing. It's conversation with him. You always take things to get him back home and think about it, and, and it's great. And his and the magic that he do and the way he approaches is so unique and so different. I think he. Mm, Proposed a new paddling in, in magic, opposed not because in, in, it's in competition with with anything, but just as a yeah, as a counterpoint. Yeah, a different approach. Yeah, a different approach. Yes, and uh, that worked for him, and and is and it's uh, so so interesting. I, I don't I don't know if I could just outline it in a few words, but in, I don't know if you have this approach of uh, Slidini and Tamarif of which is something like in maximum the maximum uh, maximum say the, the impact mm-hmm. the, the maximum impact in the magic to to like to defeat the rational thinking of the spectator yeah uh, like as you see as uh, Slidini or Tamari used to say mm-hmm. like making reference to the that there is no the hands are empty the, the table is, is good the yeah. points are right and you examine everything and they put total uh, attention and they boom 
and it's so it's so strong, right? They beat you up with they the magic. Beat you up, like, and and there's there's is such a so amazing. I mean, the objective of, of both approaches and any approach is the same: is to get the fascination of the spectator, right? And of course, uh, Juan Tamariz achieves that in a most awesome way. But it is true that his approach works for him and, and for many people. But it's, it could be very exhausting for the spectator, and you have to be a really nice chapter to just stand up and, 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 and be able to, to carry this load because you're like punching. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and, and, and of course, Lightning like, was also such a charismatic person and character, and, and people love it, love him. But on, on opposed to that, Gabby pr proposed something different, like. Um, but in many, many different ways, it's also hard to, to explain in a few words. But for instance, Gabi would never make reference to the to the trick, to the hands empty. He will try to, instead of defeating the intellect, he will try to, as in his words, is to make the sen the intellect sensible to things, right? So, like a, a good example of that maybe will be if 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 the if you, we take the ball, the effect of a levitating ball, okay, maybe okay. Uh, uh, Slidini or Tamari, what, what they would do, this is uh, Tomas, <laughs> but they would maybe would be like giving the ball, examine the ball, take a look at the table, and you put it on the table, and it starts flowing, uh, levitating, and he will go like this, with his hands above and below, so the proof is no, nothing attached or anything, and it will be, of course, Super strong. Maybe what Gabi would do would be like not even giving you the the, the ball in advance. Maybe introduce the thing with a, introduce a, a fascinating idea with some words, and then maybe he'll smoke a little bit and just poof a little bit of smoke over the ball, and the ball will go floating with the smoke, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that in, if you want to. Uh, tell in, in, in Gabi's approach, it's not only about the effect. Of course, the effect, as Tamaris uh, said, is the gap of the thing, is the, the, the most important thing. Yeah. But in Gabi's approach, it's not the only thing. There's, it's part of a, 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 a wider experience. Right? Mm -hmm. And in that case, if, if you want to give this image, which I think is fascinating, of the smoke levitating this. this this ball, like this is the fictional, in, in, fictional magic is Gabi's approach, right? This, if you give the, want to give this fictional image of it, it really doesn't help at all that you go stressing that there is no strings attached. Yeah, yeah. That's a different story in itself. So yeah. you have to choose what to do, and not the not the one thing is better than the other. It's just different, and it depends on on, on the performer or. On the thing that you at that point want to say, for instance, Juan Luis Rubiales, an amazing magician from from Spain, he's very close to to Juan and also is close to to, to Gabi, and he has routines that are more closer to Tamaris's approach, mm -hmm. and others like is that they're much closer to uh, Gabi's approach. So it's a good it's a good thing, and that's, that's I know I think that Gabi is trying to, to claim that to have these things. Because you have the frame of reference, mm -hmm. there's no, uh, uh, there's not just one way that you have, but you have a different approach, and you can and know where you are, and you take it from here and take it from there, and and it's a good thing that both um, uh, philosophies coexist, and mm -hmm. that's what 
just it happens and there's no point that no forget about everything now this is the stuff no there will be the same mistakes no yeah yeah oh and it also it provides like so much more options for the context of when and where you're performing and you know it, it sometimes it's more appropriate to go look at my hands they're totally empty this yeah. is about to be a miracle yeah. with no explanation and then sometimes it's more appropriate to do sort of a more poetic magic trick where you're not showing and convincing and proving and exactly and um and also there's many more things of, uh, of Gabby's work. His work on the, on the spectator is, is amazing, on the psychology. The things that he's working up right now with the conscience and perception is so mind-blowing. But uh, you will have to wait a little bit to, <laughs> to find them. But yes, as you say, it's true. In, in the show that I put up for the castle, I, I think I have both. My, my closer is, is a similar routine. It's much more closer that to uh, Tamaris' approach and it's like me because it's just you take it, you see, this will happen and I don't explain, I don't try to create any fascinating image mm -hmm. but the only fascinating magic that will happen, that the thing is impossible, that they are really close is true that, that there's not many routines that could accept this level of challenge yes not uh, in other ones you just have to change the approach because you, the method just you stretch it so much and it doesn't doesn't work yeah that routine that you do looks i mean there's no for a lay person there's nothing is happening it's just absolute pure magic it's really incredible thanks it will and that's you know you don't need a, a story or anything. No, no. It, it is just in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. Some, uh, of course, there's much more to Tamaris' uh, uh, philosophy than what I've just said. He's, oh, of course. He's, he's writing now his his ultimate book book of I think he will put all the all the in Spain we say carne del asador all the things he will put in that book. But it will be amazing. And he has his symbolism of also. He, he always says that the, um, its magic effect on his own has its own uh, intrinsic symbolism mm -hmm. and, and the, the, the routines that lack of any, is that symbolism are the ones that are weaker mm -hmm. in a way. So in, in this case, the Ace Assembly has its own meaning, maybe inherent, and I don't even stress it and make it explicit, I just go and stressing the clarity and there is nothing to see and, and, and it works like that and it's very memorable and it's, it's, it's it went very close but and also in my show I, I have different different things for instance this coin routine which is the, hap the magic is happening against me mm -hmm. like in the perverse thing so in that case it doesn't make sense to, to give the coins to, to like there is like gimmick of course the thing is that Happening is like this movie fantasy, this uh, Disney movie when when the magician is this uh, uh, apprentice of magician he tried to do these things and the magic rebels mm -hmm. and, and he something like that. So magic is against me mm -hmm. and that's the story of the thing. And it is not the story that this is so impossible. Look at they will be yeah. So I think both approaches can coexist and it's, it's I think it's. The good thing to the good, the good way to to use them, not to yeah, absolutely to yeah, yeah, to any of those to include both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Wow. What more? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I know. Okay, so, you know, your, your release, Magic for the Short-Sighted, is a really lovely project. Thanks. And the magic on it is great. How did you, what's your creative process? What are you inspired by? How is it that you come up with that stuff? Oh, this, uh, I'm, I'm always working, I'm always working with routines and things like that, but I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't consider myself a very prolific creator. I mean, so the, the routines that I put on the, on the, on the project was routines that I worked for a long time mm -hmm. and it took me years to, so, I just selected uh, a few of them that I think it was give some variety of cards and coins and my work on the on the cup. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Uh, I have more routines. I couldn't maybe put uh, another DVD and maybe a third, but not a fourth. <laughs> so that was it. Just put the, some of the material that I do and that I love. And, and I was very lucky because I get to work with very talented people, the ones that came up with this design and the setup and mm -hmm. this, and they did it great and everything was, I mean, I put effort in it and I, I screwed the thing, I think about, about the structure, but, but that was what I did. But when you were coming up with the material, how did you, you know, uh, I'm sure it happened over years, but what, what, where did you start, how did you start, and then what did it... How did it evolve? Okay, well, the, the process is different for each and every one of the routines. For instance, this this um, cutting to the aces thing, the first routine. Uh, actually, I didn't even uh, think of um, coming up with that routine. It was based on a routine by Roberto Jovi that, in his book, yeah, is is not uh, his creation, but I learned it in his book. And just playing around with it over the years, I finally found that that right to this that was pretty different from the other. But I don't have this um, conscience of getting to work on that routine. Specifically. Mm -hmm. I just realized that uh, I was doing that routine, and, and, and the person was very natural for this one. The, the one with him with the cup, for instance, the cup, uh, the coins to the tail, the cardboard coins. It was started as an exercise, as I said in the, in the DVD. Yeah, I just wanted to. I love that effect, but I never performed it because I, I don't work too much with the lab. And I just wanted to come up with, with something, just like an exercise. And, and it turns out to be a routine that is workable and it is elegant and, and it works. And, it's, and, and that process, and I learned a lot of magic while coming up with that thing. But it, it started as an exercise. With the mini cup, for instance, I was in love with the prop. The, I love the, the, the leather cup. But I didn't want to do this routine of um, guessing game, right? Mm -hmm. Don Alan, which is fantastic, but I really saw myself uh, performing it. And I and I get a, a, a booklet by Gabby on the mini and the on the on the chop cup, which is amazing. It has three routines, and working on them, and I just try to uh, come up with a, like a cups and balls routine just with one cup, mm -hmm. and I came up with 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 that thing. Actually, that routine that is in the DVD is not the first one. Uh, the routine that I was working was much more complex, with a bigger bowl and with a bigger cup and, and much more deceptive uh, loadings and things like that. But it was not practical at all. So I tried to, yeah, I tried to um, um, do a version of my own routine. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's interesting because most of the time we are really uh, limiting ourselves because we work in a routine like it was we could, we could only walk to one path. Mm -hmm. And sometimes another guy comes, take our idea, and you do something else that was there all the time, but you didn't see it, and he, oh, that was great. But the thing is, we could use more than one path. We could version our routines. You know, seems that we are only incorporating things or getting rid of things of an idea. Mm -hmm. And but maybe if there's some reason to do that, you could have three or four uh, ways with the same idea that leads to different places. And in this mm -hmm. case, my premise was, okay, this idea of doing this cup sample routine with one cup is great. I think I have some effects that are great, like taking the balls out of the cup, which I didn't saw uh, before and uh, I loved it. But okay, let's do it much more practical and okay, forget about that. And I will start with a, a different thing. I still work on the other one of the other routine, but I came up with, with this one, which is much more practical and, and I do all, all the time. And the recipe, for instance, uh, I like the effect and, and a conversation with a magician from Spain, Pedro Brice is the name. He worked on that routine a lot and he gave me a lot of uh, insight to, to this and just motivates me to, to come up with my own version. Mm -hmm. Very influenced in, in many people, including him and Joaquin Matas as well, who has a, 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 a great uh, version. And and is uh, and I try to put as much as um, this Spanish handling of, of the cards and um, like try to be graceful, mm -hmm. but not over uh, uh, overly showy exactly. or exactly. Yeah. And try to do go as, um, as as streamlined as possible with reducing the handlings as as much as possible. Mm -hmm. because we call this economic approach to to do it. And I think it's, it's a great routine. And sometimes magician says that reset routines are for magicians and they don't work for the people. And I have to say that it's not my experience. I, <laughs> I have a great time with, with, with that routine and, and people love it. Mm -hmm. but, it's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in your show last night and it was really... Thank you. It's one of my favorite ones. So it's a little, a little bit different for each routine. It has its own story. I could talk about... I want, of course, but I could talk about hours <laughs> for, for, for each routine. Uh, well, no, I, I would love to hear a couple of the stories, you know, um, and I'm sure the listeners would too. If you wanted to talk, you can. You have that freedom. <laughs> oh, and this, uh, there's also this routine of uh, this Copper Circle Brass routine that is in the, in the DVD. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was one of the latest creations when I uh, put the the most the most new routine when I put out the, the DVD and I took a, a, a version of uh, a routine by Termi Pay which use, was using the copper silver brass in the smartest way that I that I that, that point saw because it, it, the effect was pretty clear it's just, just a coin transformed to a coin and another coin just like the general coin mm -hmm. instead of a general card but with coins and I think it was great because most of the time with these copper silver brass things you get all messed up because there's effects and transposition and, and three three different coins and you have to and it's sometimes very hard to follow but for and, and but this this idea of Jeremy Pay I think was lacking on on on, on a proper handling and in a 
common phenomenon that kind of explains the, the, the whole thing mm-hmm. with an ending that really fits and what, and I just worked uh, a little bit with it. It was pretty, pretty, pretty fast to, to to just put things and get it out because thanks to to, to the guys that we have commented, Gabi, Gea, Alberto de Figueiredo, uh, Joaquin Matas, Ricardo Rodriguez, I think have acquired along with the years some kind of magical criteria, which I think is one most valuable things a magician could have, like having the criteria to know what what things are good, what things mm-hmm. are bad, because sometimes this is really hard to tell. And how do you know? What? How do you know if something's good or bad? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just go call Alberto or call Joaquin. <laughs> hey, this is bad. No, because it's true. Uh, sometimes we really uh, magician we lost uh, our perspective, our point of view, because. The more we know about magic, it doesn't happen with other disciplines, but the more we know about magic and methods and things, the farthest we are from the point of view of the spectator, which is what we are supposed to to keep have in mind when we're coming up with a routine. Yeah. If you go and see the thousand movies and, and, and study them, you will know more about uh, uh, movies and it will be good for you, but in, in magic, you could get to a point that of course you're sick and tired of doing this uh, ambitious car routine and you don't see the point anymore mm-hmm. and, and you don't realize that it's not for you anymore to experience that but the spectators and, and sometimes you just come up with things to give variety or because you're sick of other endings that way worse and it's hard to tell it's hard to tell so I happen the, I'm very lucky that all those those persons that are really professionals and, and, and lovers of magic and really have this criteria that, uh, that help me a lot to, to, think, to know when something really doesn't uh, doesn't look, look good and for instance this oh, can I give you an example sometimes an effect is better than the other regardless mm-hmm. of the method mm-hmm. and, and it's and you know that they will work better for some reason that's hard to explain. For instance, this tree fly thing is a pet thing for magicians. They, they love it, and I think it's is is really really hard. I've worked with with it uh, uh, for, for for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's is the classic uh, is better. I mean the the, the one with the, the closed fist mm-hmm. and this, this classic approach. I don't know if it's the mystery of the, getting the close. I'm not exposing too much because the mystery is always about hiding certain things. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. And also this this classic uh, cards across uh, routine that I, I always kind of uh, how can I say this like like uh, underestimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, underestimate. Like that. And it's such an impressive I mean yeah, cards across when three cards travel from one packet to the other and there's no identity of the cards at all and they are not signed no, no nothing mm-hmm. this is so strong and many of the routines that try to come up with more clever approaches like signing them and yeah. signing the back and they try to improve with air quotes the thing yeah. and, and if you think about it oh they say well, why this great the different back or the but uh, I've seen Budi Alberto really killed the thing with the cards across, pounding those cards in a very 
subtle way and people freak out and they don't need to know the identity mm-hmm. and, and it's not really easy to, to, to understand that that's 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 great the effect on itself so it, I have to rely on people more experienced than me that, that say this thing and I have to think about it for a while experience myself and, and this kind of thing gave me a lot of insight and I'm really really lucky do you think that so like traditionally the three fly at the fingertips rather than the coins across I think it's probably not as strong because it's visual they see it happen Mm -hmm. and they go okay that was amazing but there's like you said there's no mystery there's nothing happening inside their head they're not making up any part of the story they're not as engaged they're not as you know exactly it's like TV Mm -hmm. and also the method is much more exposed Mm -hmm. uh, because the method is there uh, and you just they see kind of that the duplicate coin, they can, they, that idea is easy that they just cross these minds in that moment. So mm-hmm. it's weaker in a way. And I say that, and I do my version of the fly. I know, it's in, yeah, 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 so, it's in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I love it, and it's one of my favorite routines. And I do Mine it. too, I do it all the time. But the thing, the, the way that I approach that effect, and it's the way that you do it too, is that all of the... All of the traditionally visual moments happen in an offbeat or with misdirection, so they're not even looking at the coins when it, you know, travels or goes back to where it is. No, so same thing. I try to remove all the challenge of the of the routine mm-hmm. because I, I think it's for me. Me, uh, I, I cannot make it uh, stand. I cannot make it work. Uh, also, I think my work on the structuring, which is one of my the things that I that I love, like structuring methods in, in sneaky ways come up because I'm a coward, I'm a chicken. I have to rely on very <laughs> solid ground. And I couldn't, in the first years of my medical career, I couldn't just palm a card and, and, and do, what's not, uh, let's, let's think this through, let, let's structure this so I don't have to do this thing and have this palm by yourself in the cards because it burns me. <laughs> and with years I, I improved that and I'm much more brave now. But uh, still, I need solid grounds to, to, to be comfortable and, 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 and to, to get things right. Although other guys can get away with, I mean, I'm not mm, criticizing uh, Kishkar Awards, which is amazing. Uh, I'm sure when he says that he performed this for him, uh, he will give it. Yeah. Uh, but not my case. And that's what I can do. I cannot lie. I cannot say, oh, this is, no, I have to change a lot of things to, yeah. to make it work. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Kenner's version that's in his book. I remember learning it and doing it in front of the mirror and being like, whoa, it looks so good. But then just as I kind of discovered who I was as a performer, I decided that that wasn't really what I was going for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What more? <laughs> um, why, why, do you, why, why do you want to perform? Why don't you just tinker with methods? What is it about performing that you enjoy? Uh, I'm actually a very sad guy and when I started magic what really uh, captivated me and, and got me into it it was not performing I'm not a stage person I have friends that really think that I think that they really when really um, uh, have born on the stage these things is the thing they have to do be on the stage was not my case and it's not my case mm-hmm. I was very interested in 
in, the, in two things, in, in methods and, and structure and, and, and the secrets and coming up with things, you know, like this puzzle solving thing. Yeah. And also I like to work a lot with my hands and, and, and create stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I was uh, just doing that do, 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 with my hand down. And I, in order to get um, deeper in magic, I had to perform. Yeah. And I have to, and that's that's a thing that I have. This is a thing that I had to to improve. I I was working with an actress because I was so how to work my body language. So I just uh, I started competing in Spain because I think it's a good thing, and and I was like. Brave or not very conscious. <laughs> I say, yes, let's do this in front of 300 magicians, and I've never performed in my life. But yes, let's do this put in there, and and I just had to improve on, on that kind of things. But um, uh, with time, with 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 more time, I really get in love with performing and and, and, and communicating. And, mm-hmm. But that was not what first uh, got me into magic. Mm-hmm. It was, it was later. Now I've learned to enjoy it, and it's great. And I'm always trying to improve. And improve. And I have to speak louder, and I have to, <laughs> to look more. Because think of the marif, of the threats, of course. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> well, what I can say. <laughs> what do you want your spectators to feel? What do you want them to experience? I mean, it's easy as a magician to say, "Oh, I want them to feel wonder," <laughs> or "I want them to be fooled." I mean, but in my mind, I like when I perform. I don't just want them to be fooled by the trick. I want them to be, you know, engaged by the story or the pattern or whatever I'm doing. I want them to to feel connected to me. You know, feel empathy for me or for what I'm talking about or stuff like that. What is it kind of that you? What experience do you want to give to people? It's it's hard to to to. It's hard to to focus on or start to work things from that end, like mm-hmm. what the spectators experience, because many of the times magicians talk about what the spectator feels and what the spectator thinks, and we don't really have a clue. Mm-hmm. And I say, really, you think the spectator is thinking that at that very moment? What mm-hmm. do you know? And what I what I want to to do is that my magic be as as authentic as possible, meaning that this, it is me there. Things that I do and say is are part of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes I think I know what they are experienced, but sometimes I don't. I don't know. And just kind of this. This is a th- some, something that Gary told me once. That intuition go first than everything else. Everything intuition, your own intuition, doing things mm-hmm. go first, and later it goes your thinking and your processing. And okay. Your, yeah. Yeah. You do okay. Yeah. But you just do, and you know, and you know oh, it's that way. Yeah. And and and, and really, you, when you do that, you really don't know where it comes from. It's kind of a mystery. It's a gut feeling. Yeah. That that's what you should do. Exactly. Yeah. And and for if for it for each routine is different, and some some routines, in some routines, for instance, the one with the with the with the coins. It's, it's very hard to match the, the applause because you don't ask for applause and, and, and sometimes... Well, you can't ask for applause because the coins are working against you. You can't be applauded can. for, apparently... Yeah, we must listen are always asking for applause when no and it's like... Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not that important that they applause. Uh, yeah. Maybe if one guy freaks out, he usually go like... And he's, <laughs> maybe he's not that strong, right? Yeah. 
and and but but, but well, and on the other hand, sometimes if, if you don't get this reaction, it's, it's sound and, and clapping, you get feel like uh, weird in a way as a performer. Mm -hmm. I don't know, and that routine is very 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 good to me because I don't know how they will react. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they get the the punchline, they get the joke soon. Yeah. Sometimes they took a little more. Sometimes they stop clapping mm -hmm. as every face. Sometimes they don't even clap at the very end. And sometimes they laugh a lot. Sometimes they don't. And that routine I love very much because it really is like a like a center of how am I and how they are. Yeah. What kind of audience they are? It's, it's different. Of course, if I do the assembly, I know they will. Of course, they react at that very point, and they will go and freak out, and it will be great. But with the other one, it's it's very interesting, and some people uh, like it very very much, and and some some people they they know, and it's not memorable at all. It's, and I and I and I love it because there's too many things going on. Yeah. Uh, there's it's kind of a movie. I try to do, do two things with this routine, this specific routine, which is working this. Charismatic, that magic is against me, so mm -hmm. I cannot do the trick that I wanted to do. Yep. That's what that's happening. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is a conflict with uh, the silver coin. Mm -hmm. right? this yeah. Get more pressed. It reminds me of the Fred Capps homing card. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I study a lot Fred Cap with my friend Jaime Figueroa. We came up with a work about charismatic. And this is the two ideas that I am working on. And I want the spectators to grasp this thing. I don't want them to remember the faces or what is happening. I know, I know, and I, but they don't have to know. Mm -hmm. I want them to experience in that very moment this 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 thing. And I, I know for sure they will forget. They will remember the assembly. They will remember everything, yeah. memorable thing. But uh, it's not that. I mean, it's people. My reason just to say that they have to remember the thing, they have to be able to, in few words, say the, the name of the film. It depends on what you want, want to do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, for me, that routine is different and, and I want to, to perform it even though they, they won't remember it. Yeah. And some, some, I enjoy it and it's me there doing that and that's really what I want them to, to see at the very moment. It makes me think about in stand-up comedy, when a you know a comic or comedian tells a joke they gauge the audience reaction and a lot of times because stand-up is so transparent they're like oh if you like that joke this is going to be a good show or you know stuff like that <laughs> so yeah that's that i think that that's interesting that you kind of do that with a trick that you love but that you know tells you more about them than it does tell them about you you know that's that's true as well yeah, but in a way it, it works like that. Also, I think I will talk a little bit about the opener. For me, it's, I think uh, I used to open with this routine with the with the coins. Mm -hmm. but I think it's 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 better the the way that I, I open now. And I like to get rid as soon as possible of the um, smart guy uh, curse of the magician, like mm -hmm. doing more and doing more and applaud me because I'm great. I really don't don't feel comfortable with that, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really hard for me to receive applause most of the time. So I, with this routine, can I you describe the effect? Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, I um, I take out two envelopes. You know, there are two uh, two predictions. 
And I say that uh, I'm sorry, it's not such a great thing. So the people don't be like super excited about it. Just calm down, which I think is very funny. Because, <laughs> well, you're a magician, you're supposed to. Uh, no, 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 it's just not, not very good, but that <laughs> and, and then I like that. And in the end, I say that only one of the predictions will, will work, the other one will fail. And I don't give you, to spoil you the, the thing, but that's the, that's the idea to underplay the, the, the proposal. Mm-hmm. Just, I want the people to be. Ideally, I would like, for me, what I want to achieve is that it's people what is like to convince me that you know what you're doing is so great. No, 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 no. Like, instead of me trying to convince him how great it is, it's like I just do. And, and it, uh, they are the ones that say, oh, wait a moment, wait a moment. you really like what you just done? Or what just happened? And, and that the opener captured this idea, and and from the very beginning, I just underplay and get, uh, and I think I think it, it it's a good way to start and to put them in this mode of. I'm not trying to be here. You're being authentic. Guy. Yeah. yeah, This is yeah. this, and, and and I feel very comfortable by starting with with this with this routine. Right? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, so you're 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 especially at the Magic Castle. So this you're talking about the opener that you did at, for your castle mm-hmm. show. So people come to the castle, they expect to see magic. They already have this stereotypical idea of a magician in their head. So as soon as they come in and sit down, you reset their expectations. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a smart thing to do, but it's what I, what I did. I, mean, I think it's smart because it, it makes them more open to who you are and it, it helps them maybe more understand what magic can be. Yeah, otherwise, uh, uh, I think it would be wrong for me. I remember these words from Elder. I was, he was doing a, a, a workshop in New Madrid. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. You know, Elder, his magic is so strong. And mm-hmm. he was, he's so experienced here in, in the USA. And he comes from, from, from Portugal, very close to Spain, and the same kind of people. Yeah. And he was saying that in here in the USA, people, in order to accept the magic, it is good because he, he just performed uh, an exhibition like Gabler routine with this uh, explanation of demons mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is great. And it was, but he said that he, and also his opener, has it in a way, he has to display a little bit of luxury in order to then be able to accept the magic. So they, people know this. It's hard, and it's, he put a lot of time to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a big fan of Elder, and and I love him. And his magic is I have, uh, I'm, I'm he's dead because he, he I learned from him a lot of things. But I said I'm not going to do that at all. I'm, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to to, to do a, a, a thing uh, so I so I can win that because I'm actually I put a lot of work. Actually, in the show. It's true. I could. I have to take out a few uh, uh, four, four of a kinds to do the reset and do mm-hmm. thing, and I could produce them with some kind of thing. And I, I don't like that at all. I, I feel so stupid when I produce the things. So I just go there and look at them, and say a joke, and put them by hand out. Yeah. And I, I don't. And even that, I don't want to. to this flourish thing or to this and there's yeah, productions that are great and very very amazing but I don't feel comfortable with them so I just go do my joke and look for the for this even though it would cost me nothing to already erase that mm-hmm. 
And I don't know, I, I was, that was the thing that I wanted to do and people accept that. People accept the magic even though I try to... Um, Eliminate display. a parent skill. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not display dexterity or skill at all. But mm, I don't know, it worked for me, uh, but it doesn't mean that this is the, the way to, to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of the approaches. Mm -hmm. I think that there's such a, an interesting dichotomy of, of apparently showing skill and then not showing you know, anything. So like doing a gambling demonstration and being mm -hmm. like, this is what sleight of hand looks like, and then doing a magic trick that you know could be self-working or something that's that's something that you know there's no you don't touch the cards or there's no apparent manipulation of any sort mm -hmm. and then being like that's magic this is sleight of hand or doing flourishes or something and being like this is sleight of hand then this is magic but um, mm -hmm. i don't know is i've never tried that to, to 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 do these two things which are very different yes in the same show mm -hmm. i think it's uh, for me, it would be very hard to... To justify, just, they fight yeah, against each other. Yes, yeah, to, mm -hmm. well, to motivate these two things, mm -hmm. to give them reason and the spectator to not get confused and, well, who am I? Sure. What I'm doing and what is this thing? Mm -hmm. but, of course, I'm such a big fan of the... Derek Davioli, for instance, mm -hmm. his, his, the way he performed gambling demonstration is so magical yeah. as well, but uh, I've never tried to, to do that. Maybe I will sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> it's always a possibility. Um, what What do you do when you're you? So you're an engineer, right? Yeah. Okay. What do you do in your free time when you're not doing magic or you know playing music? Actually, my free time is doing magic. Okay. Because, <laughs> because I work as an engineer, mm -hmm. so basically, basically, it's kind of a, a crazy way of life that I have because. I'm working and then I'm doing magic and my holidays I go to perform magic so it's kind of I don't know where, where, where it leads <laughs> in the long term but uh, of course when I'm not doing magic and I'm not doing engineering stuff I like to to watch movies and read and I love close-up comedy and close-up stand-up comedy and I'm such a big fan of Game of Thrones mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't have time to, to see a lot of series and I they forced me to, to, to see Game of Thrones and I was so infected with it and I was for three weeks looking, seeing all the seasons and so I cannot really say more 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 seriously to Detective or because my life will collapse if you put <laughs> you're, more you're doing stuff. too much already so Game of Thrones is okay for now and reading and of course being with my friends and, and hanging out mm -hmm. yeah what kind of what kind of reading do you do? Because I know that you know you mentioned earlier that when you when you speak with Gabby, he gives you tons of things that you want to yes, study. You cannot follow it. Every day I'm with him, I uh, take like eight or ten titles. Of, oh, you have to read this thing of scripting or this this book of uh, uh, how to how to write on this uh, book of uh, Kandinsky on. on Ten, ten, ten titles is, is crazy to, to follow him and he, only to, to read what Gabby gives you it just takes life <laughs> I have also what to read different stuff so but I I'm, I'm reading lately I'm, I'm reading I, I, I found this uh, collection of books that I, I love which is 
very short introduction to is the, is the concept of the of the collection. So you take, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, uh, memory. Okay. And, and take very short introduction to memory, and they take a guy who is very knowledgeable in memory, and, mm-hmm. and he writes a small booklet of 100 or 150 pages, and they have be- uh, an average eight or ten on memory and brain and, uh, and uh, philosophy of science and uh, science and religion mm-hmm. something like that and it's great great collection and uh, I love it and I'm also reading right now this uh, theory of uh, scientific revolutions by Kuhn Thomas Kuhn a guy a philosopher of science which is very very interesting and that's what I'm reading right now. What do you get out of this stuff when you're reading this? What is it? What does it do for you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, consciously or purposely try to get out, but give me insight and, and give me uh, enrich my, mm-hmm. my my world in a way. Sure, sure. And that's what you have to put on stage when you perform. For instance, the, the idea of this envelope uh, routine mm-hmm. is methodically is very simple. It is. But the idea of how this this thing that I won't give want to to spoil to you, I was reading Borges. Uh, uh, Gabi just gave me gave me as a present a book of Borges, and I was reading. He was talking about this paradox about Zenon, Zenon, you know this Greek ancient uh, guy uh-huh. famous about the paradoxes uh-huh. the, like the. There's there's few of them, and this is this everything. Uh, all the guys from his his his, his paradoxes. All the guys from Creta are liars. Okay. Some guy from Creta. Mm-hmm. That was it was decided. <laughs> it's the paradox of yeah, yeah yeah. And and Borges was working on this thing and, and, and what I read because he said okay this is interesting but it's not so truthful because. Being a liar doesn't mean you have to lie all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is not so uh, properly constructed, this this paradox. So he proposed like four or five different ways with this same idea mm-hmm. that don't have this problem that, of course, a liar don't have to lie all the time. And it was all interesting. And like, by reading those those things, I came up with this this thing of this of the envelope. It's, it's cyclical in a way. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for an opener or a routine. I was just reading that. and. It happens to me a lot that I'm reading that and my mind goes and I throw the book and yeah, I, I do different stuff. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's pretty important to read and, and, and enrich your, your world. Otherwise, you, if, if, in general, not in magic only, but in, in general, but in magic, <laughs> especially if you want, want, want to perform the ambitious card in your only world, is this card is ambitious because yep. you know stuff. Yep. People can can see that right away. Yes, I completely and, agree. I say it all the time. <laughs> this is so in, in line with Pantam philosophy of the seven bells of magic, mm-hmm. which is more one of the more beautiful magical theories uh, that I know. If not the most, and they talk about that. I mean, yeah, you have to to build up your your inner world. Mm-hmm. And people can tell many things, which is very mysterious. How they can tell? I mean, if you, it's that intuition again. Yeah, yeah. yeah people know. I mean, if you do a triumph and you know seven thousand versions of triumph, you know mm-hmm. who did the triumph, 
and you have been performing and studying and when you do the triumph of diver, no? Yep. It works differently that you, if you only go and teach that triumph of diver to one guy and she just do it, blah blah blah, do this pattern, it works totally differently mm -hmm. because there's and the, this point of the iceberg that they can grasp the, what what is behind and there's no way you can There's no way you can fake it. It's, it's a little bit like Google. I was I was studying SEO. Yeah, I know it's, it's like to position your web good and, and a, a good score. So Google. Oh, uh, SEO, uh, yeah, yeah, search engine yeah. optimization. Okay. And in the end, I think they would they do it very well because in the end, in order to have your your page on top, you mm -hmm. have to be good. I mean, there's no shortcut. You have to be. You have to be you a have good to be site. Content. You yep. have to be. Uh, And that's the that's the thing. There's no way to trick it. You have to be mm -hmm. good to, to to be up there. And if you want to have your say something interesting, you have to be interesting in the first place, and you have to say have something to say. Exactly. So there's no there's I've no shortcut to that. Of course not. I've said this on the show before, and I steal it from stand-up comedians. But it's the idea that you have to live a life worth commenting on. And that's what we do as performance artists, is we're talking about ourselves and the world around us. And if you don't know anything but, you know, the ambitious card routine, people aren't going to care about your ambitious card routine. It's not that, it's not that important that the card just moves half of the centimeter. No one will go crazy about that if there's no something behind, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also just, I mean, people are so much more receptive to enjoying magic if they enjoy the atmosphere. You know, it's not just about, look, my hands are empty. It's like, look at this experience that we're all having together all in the same time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's really nice. I would love to see this guy. I'm so sorry because there's many people I would love to see. Louis C.K., this comedian guy, and I've seen pretty much every everyone, every every show of him, mm -hmm. so great, and I, I love him. And also, uh, I was very sad because this week in his performance, Paul Simon in LA, twice in the same week, and I'm such a big fan, <laughs> and my father and my brother, and I cannot see him because I'm performing the very same hours of him, it was like, that's uh, the, of the greatest songwriters. You could take a song of him and you, you take this song and, and it will be with you forever. And you have mm -hmm. this, this song, And it's not a hip thing, it's, it's just truthful and yeah. so beauty condensated in this lyrics and this music. And I've come to many of his uh, songs for many, many years at different stages of my life. And it's just, that's the same thing, there's an atmosphere, there's something real there. It transcends the medium. Oh, totally, totally. It would be great to have something like that with, with your magic, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, <clears throat> that's something I love about Louis is he like he transformed he was an absurdist comic when he was you know younger and then after his kids were born he just totally switched into this you know crazy writing from stage talking about real life real experiences mm -hmm. sort of thing mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's so much more authentic which is what you were talking about earlier yeah and he's so I think I think he's so lucid mm -hmm. he's able to see a lot of nonsense and Things that make no sense in our in our life and in our society, and put it right there. You could really cry with many of the things that he talk about, but you just laugh mm -hmm. because it's true. It's, it's stupid and it's true, and 
there is really a, a, a great way. I mean, I don't like uh, I don't like at all when people try to moralize things and maybe I want to do an oil and water routine and tell you about. Yeah, I don't know. Try to try to. Try to save your life and teaching you the, um, what is good and what is bad mm -hmm. by doing um, my oil and water. I find it so pointless and stupid because I don't I don't even know that in the first place. Yeah. And putting an oil and water routine is like, like totally stupid. Okay. But uh, but what he he does he he talk about these things and he really makes you think and, and put things on the table that are not easy to to talk. To talk about, and, and there's no judgment with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You laugh at the things. You laugh at the, the kids doing phones in a city place in, in, in Bangladesh, yeah. which is not. It's not a thing that you should laugh. But <laughs> you're, you're, you're laughing at it, and you're realizing how ridiculous and how absurd and, and cruel is, mm -hmm. it is. He well, he gives he gives the audience permission to feel their unadulterated feelings because he's up on stage saying things that people shouldn't say to people, you know? <laughs> so he is giving people that permission, which I think is one of the most amazing things about magician and one of the most underutilizing things about magicians is that the audience, if they're gonna watch you do a magic trick, they're in the palm of your hand. They are ready to accept whatever you say because they think it's gonna help do the trick. So, I, there's just not enough of like using that, giving people permission and sort of instructing them, you know. We should use that a little bit more, right? We push the, the line a little bit further and experimenting a little bit more, yeah. I think so. Well, what's coming up next? You know, what are you doing? All right, how long are you staying out here in the States? Oh, well, until Monday. I mean, a few days. Okay. I'll finish performing on by Sunday. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what's, what's up next. I'm just... I don't have a plan. <laughs> I just do things, mm -hmm. and I think someone someone taught me this. You have to do things so things could happen. Yes. So uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm just. I just came here to perform in, in the castle because I really wanted to, and also to go to this this convention at Dallas. Mm -hmm. Pebble Palooza. How was that? Wow, it was amazing. It was Incredible. So great. So great. And I was. I met most of my heroes in magic and and and, and, and guys that I didn't know, that, but they are already my heroes. Sixty forty, and and I don't know. I don't know what will happen. Maybe something will happen, and I will get to be here more often, or maybe not. Mm. But uh, the experience is being so great, uh, yeah, and I just did it. And I have. Um, a few things in store that I want to do, a few projects, maybe releasing some material, doing a, a booklet or... But I want to be something special, no book, not, not a book of tricks, mm -hmm. but I like giving a little... much more unique project in a way, and, mm -hmm. and I'm working on, on it, but really I, I should maybe have some, some focus and some... <laughs> some, some but I don't have it. I just do things. <laughs> you gotta do things so that things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, what? Can you talk a little bit about the the booklet or something that's not just tricks? What is it? What is the unique experience oh. that you want to put out? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
I think sometimes we are missing things happens. If you see a movie and you see the script, I've been reading a few books and everything has uh, a purpose. I mean, there is a meaning everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, it's good. I mean, you have this, there's, if you take a movie, a, a good movie, each and every of these scenes is there for something. Mm -hmm. and, and it's important. It's not just, let's just let pull up some guy talking about it and go away. And most of the time, we are not taking advantage of um, in magic, in books and in performances of the things that we say and we do. And there's a lot of room in the words that we say to put meaning on them, mm -hmm. and the things that we do, and the props that we use, and the clothes that we wear, and the music that we play. There were potential meaning everywhere, and we just yes, put some songs, and now put this thing, and, and I'll say this joke. You want to create a cohesive experience, exactly. cohesive so, whole. So, so if, if I do a booklet, I would like the, the title of the booklet to be meaningful, the order of the routines, maybe... This is very basic, it's not my idea, but a booklet in which the routines made up a, a performance, a set. Mm -hmm. Like it's closer, this thing, and you have this, that last thing, it's not just, just tricks. No. This, yeah. is, this is a show, one thing, right? Yeah. Or, or the names of the routines, which is, are for me already like stupid because I don't put names to the, the routines, I just come up with them and perform them, and you get to put the title when you publish it. What yeah. is this? Yes, this is like the black uh, um, shadows of the <laughs> So we put titles that so meaningless most mm -hmm. of the time, and maybe just try to put a little bit more of meaning and and and, and also the design and the drawings and and try to put different layers of meaning so people. And this is a thing I learned from from comedians in in Spain. They have this this a newspaper um, uh, yeah, on, online mm -hmm. of fake uh, news. Okay. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So, and, and you actually get very informed by reading those fake the news fake because they inspire the real news and they just twist it around and whatever. And they, they are so funny and, and they put layers of meaning in his, in his news. So they take advantage of everything. You see the, the, the title, no? the headline, is yep. so funny. Everyone gets the headline. They have this uh, subtitle, and then a few, the, 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 uh, the news, the new, uh, sometimes this, they take this, like they will uh, interview in, or they take some comments from a, a guy, a person, and they we talk with Robert Paulson, and he said that, and that name, Robert Paulson, if you know it, it's, there's a joke in, on that name. Yeah. It could be like the guy of that movie, and it is still funny because what he says is funny. Mm -hmm. If you know who's the guy, it's, it's even, even funnier. funnier. And the picture attached to the new is funny, but if you know where it comes, it's even funnier. So there's layers of meaning everywhere, and you can, it's not like you get it or you don't get it. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. It's a good uh, way to apply to magic. So, not always to. Oh, to all people get something, yeah, and in that you put more more things for the for few people that could get and, and get them. But yeah, it's 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 kind of sad that you get a person that would really use and enjoy more meaning, and there's none. You didn't put it. Yeah, well, no, it's, this is somebody that could appreciate the illusions <laughs> to exactly. it. Yeah, and it just no, this I didn't think further than this. It's just this. So this comes comes to the top and 
Yeah. And and in, and I would like to do that in more in my it's kind of a way to force me to, to, to do that because I see that lack of meaning and I want to, to do something about it. And if I do this booklet, I will try to put uh, this mm-hmm. everywhere. And the, that's, that's my idea, but it will take a lot of time and work and it will be much more smarter for me just to release stuff and uh, <laughs> sell it and, 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 and quit engineering but, um, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> That's very cool. I yeah, I love that so much. I'm I'm also interested in working on something that is it's about meaning and performance, but it's not necessarily about building the the metaphors and the allusions to other references and things like that. It's more about, you know, what kind of body language should you be presenting? You know, how how should you talk to people? What what kind of you know, methods do you use that open up your body language and make you more empathic to these other people? Okay. It's just kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. There's many, many work to do. Mm-hmm. It's all about the cohesive experience. I think that's one of the things that, that Tony was so drawn to Gabby's magic about, is that when I got to know him, it was very, here's the trick. And then Gabby creates this sort of atmosphere. I, I remember after Tony met Gabby, at the at last year's Pebble Palooza, mm-hmm. we were at the hotel in Dallas. And it was, what time? Three o'clock in the morning? And we were sitting at a little hotel table over there in the lobby. And Tony sat down, and it was myself, him, and two other people and Tony just did like 45 minutes of Gabby's magic really? yeah and I just like I was weeping by the end of it I was like it's so beautiful it's so like effortless and gorgeous and I was just like there I there had been a lot of beer involved so it wasn't <laughs> and I was sleep deprived but but that doesn't undervalue how beautiful the magic was I just started weeping and Tony got emotional too and he was like this is how I felt when I saw it too and it's just you know, it's about creating the whole experience. It's just something really special. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. And by the way, I, I was with Tony in, mm-hmm. in Dallas, and I expect him to perform. perform I would see him perform like um, I love the thing that he he do. Of course, it's, it's so great. But I, I expect him to perform some routines that I, but he didn't do that. So Tony, if you're listening. Come on, <laughs> do it for me sometime, right? He didn't perform? No, he didn't perform like, um, like, like you just said, like uh, like a session uh, of Tommy. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get to see him do that, and I would love to to, to see him, so when please do it. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Tommy. You get, what is, what's up with that? <laughs> Man. What what was it like? So, for the listeners, Pebble Palooza is Lance Pierce's convention that he does. It's invite only. It's very small. Mm-hmm. And the special guest this year was Steve Forty. Had you had you ever seen Steve work? Had you ever no, seen? No, no, no. Of course, I I knew the myth and the the, 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 the guy. Yeah. Oh, he's insane. Uh, his sleight of hand and work on gambling is mm-hmm. was like the man on, on this on these things. But yeah. I never. Uh, see any of these tapes hmm. more like car casino protection gambling protection yeah. Series, yeah. and and it was so so great to see him talk because it, it, this is the thing that guy 
I've seen things. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to him for hours, and uh, this is it's so great. Not only the the, the the thing that he has to do with the deck of cards, which is insane and amazing, and you could talk about him uh, move for for hours, mm-hmm. and and the way they do, the way they don't do it, and blah blah blah, and the dice and and, and, and we did. But he just talked about his, his spirits and his stories, his things, and were, was, some of them were very, very funny. <laughs> and it was, it was just great. It was just great. Uh, I really love to meet him. And and, how, and when I was lecturing, I was lecturing there for three hours or so, uh-huh. break. Yep. And I was looking at, at the people, and sometimes the people, I was very focused. Other times, just whatever. So. Every time I look at 40, 40 was like looking at me right in the eye without any motion. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was so focused for three hours and he didn't, he didn't even blink. Wow. Like, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. What's, what, I mean, you know, do you have any stories? Maybe not Steve 40 level crazy stories, <laughs> but do you have any stories of like the, your favorite time you ever performed for somebody or like what happened? You know, when you did a trick and the person was amazed, or I mean, do you have favorite stories, favorite encounters? No, but I don't know. There's two things I could remember, but maybe it will be funny. Maybe they will be funny for you and not funny in English. <laughs> <laughs> so, bite the dust. I have my friend, I have many, many stories with my friend Carlos Vinuesa, is a, a magician from, from Madrid. He's a mathematician, actually. He, he works as a mathematician, and he's one of the most funny guys. And I get to have uh, perform with him a lot because uh, we have a show together. Mm-hmm. And we also had this small place in, in in Madrid that we used to perform there every week. Uh, with just the thing that we coming we were coming up, I there we started to perform this this assembly routine a few years ago, and we have many many stories about. <laughs> About, about that because he he always um, dress up in different suits like uh, like Doc from Back to the Future, Back to the Future. and <laughs> things like that and he he fails pretty often and and, and, the, and it's, it's much more better when they fail at, at the routine because he's so funny and I don't know sometimes we just get to do the show and we forgot about the chairs and, and he would be screaming and I was backstage and because there was chairs missing and people were standing and and sometimes yeah this was very funny one 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 time I remember that this thing happened he just entered yeah, the music of back in the future and chairs are missing and, and he bring two people just stage and we are like four or five backstage and, and oh, oh, chairs, and we'll look, look at the chairs in the middle of the performance, and, and it, it looks really like that was the show because in a moment, the guy enters, it was Pablo Poza, a common friend, enters in the stage, put a chair, sit down, and the chair just fall apart. <laughs> and, and what the fuck? You take out one of these pieces of the chair, I come and put another chair, and people say, So, what is this? What is what's happening? It was so, so funny. And there's many thousands of stories like that, of performing, because it's, I mean, uh, I'm very lucky to have, I have many good friends, performers, and have a, a great time with, with them. 
but it, I don't know, with this kind of private humor. That so <laughs> the inside jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we have many of those. That's great. That's really funny. I yeah, I I have a couple. Most of my stories about magic aren't about me performing. They're about me doing something foolish in front of people that I look up to. <laughs> Those are the stories I like to tell people. So, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a story, but I could I could tell it because it's so so. Uh, I will tell it. It's not mine now. I can I, I cannot share it. <laughs> Go on, go on. Okay, okay. Well, if you ever meet Pipo, ask him about the story he couldn't okay, tell. The story of the of the cap and the wig. I, I will tell it. Okay. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a good story. Yeah, I can yeah. just imagine. It sounds like a good story. All right, I think I think we're good. I feel good about this. Okay. I think we did a, a good job. Thank you so much for Thank being you. on Thank and you taking the time. Great time. Yeah. I hope you enjoy Derek's show. Mm, yes. See you in couple of hours. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm sure I will enjoy it. Well, thanks again. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for listening to the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. As I said in the intro, there is a code that you can use to get 10% off of Peepo's products. And that code is PIPOMTP. P-I-P-O-M-T-P. All caps, one word, PIPOMTP. Thanks again for listening. Again, email me, podcast at artofmagic.com, and like us on all the socials. Cheers.